it's the Danger Gnome Podcast, and I am your T.O. Gomez, and we have a special guest with us today. We have Brad Bingham of Bingham Build Bikes. Welcome to the show, Brad. Hi, thanks for having me. So Brad is a uh, is a frame builder and a, and a bike rider and uh, an accomplished bike racer as well. Um, you may remember him from uh, from the USA Cycling National Championships. Uh, we just recently had reposted a picture from uh, of him flying through the air, and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and. Brad has started his own brand, but why don't you tell us how your Bingham built brand evolved and how that all happened? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it was um, always a dream of mine to have my own shop at some point in my life and build bikes. You know, wasn't always a vision to have it, uh, you know, be a namesake brand or, you know, call the bikes Bingham bikes. Cause that just seemed like something that everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually like originally when we spun into the Bingham built brand, we were branding the down tubes as built, so oh. built bikes, but, um, but yeah, really the company is Bingham built. So it was always my dream to you know, to have this shop and be able to do what I do kind of on my own terms. Um, but I'm not sure if, if you know the, the long story, but um, I started building bikes. I built my first couple bikes out in Oregon when I was young, just finishing high school. Wow. And um, ended up taking a United Bicycle Institute frame building course. Um, and it was taught by Gary Helfrich, the founder of Merlin, or one of the founders. And uh, Moots, Moot Cycles here in Steamboat Springs got my name through that class. I ended up out here, and I kind of never looked back. Um, eventually, years later, after kind of burning out at Moots, I um, took a year off and burned through all my savings, basically. <laughs> screwed around a bit and Kent Erickson, the founder of Moots called me one day and asked me if I wanted to kind of come back, get back on board with him. Mm-hmm. Um, with the vision, the long-term vision being that he would be retiring fairly soon and I would take over the business. So, gotcha. yeah, so that worked out really good. Um, cause we're now, this is the last year, um, this is the last year that we'll have any, I don't know the right way to put it, but any like Ericsson connection. Sure. Gotcha. Um, legally, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so there was like a, a transition period where you were both working together and now you're going to be standing on your own, on your own. And yeah, yeah. Kent is yeah, fully and, out of it. Right. Well, yeah. And he hasn't, he actually hasn't participated in construction or, participated as an employee for going on probably four years now. Gotcha. Um, and that's so, how I, that's how I found out about Bingham built was I went back to that article that I wrote and I 
clicked on the link in the article that was supposed to go to Ericsson, and it pulled up your new brand. I was like, man, Brad must have started his own thing. And I noticed that, uh, totally. you know, the super famous and highly uh, highly valued Ericsson Seed Post was in your blend of products. So I was like, hmm. I wonder, I wonder how that all went down. So it was good to, and it was good to learn that that you started out at Moots too. Um, mm-hmm. Man, uh, Steamboat yeah. must be just must have <laughs> so so many titanium bikes there. It's true. It's true. There probably is. I'm sure there's some other hot spots. You know, hot spots around the country, just like Steamboat. Um, you know, small small radius right around the titanium frame building shops, um, high concentration of Thai bikes, but, but yeah, so it, it, it all worked out extremely well. You know, we had a great, um, I had a really good lead up to taking over the business from Kent Mm -hmm. and he was able to retire. And I think he's, I think he's quite happy being retired. Like most retired people are, um, and and now we're doing our thing. Um, and this last October, we were able to move into a brand new shop. Oh, cool! That's uh, only about a quarter of a mile from the old, the old uh, wood kiln downtown shop that Kent started Moots in in 1981. Wow! So, yeah. Well, cool. And the yeah, thing that really, that really cool. What I know about the difference between Moots and Ericsson was Ericsson was a fully custom deal. Are you building fully custom bikes? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've continued in the same, in the same way that Kent was building bikes. Um, you know, the, the one thing that's a little bit different between when Kent was doing his thing and, and me now is, um, you know, Kent, can't always hired welders mm-hmm. uh, to, to perform that function. And I've been welding for a really long time. And so now I basically do everything, um, you know, design, miter, weld. And then uh, I've got one, one employee that does a lot of handwork, a lot of finish work and assembles the, the, the complete bikes. But everything is, totally custom for every client. Right. And that differs from Moots, which is they're mm-hmm. they're And we're going to talk primarily about fat bikes, but we'll, we'll delve into mm-hmm. all the kind of bikes that you make. Sure. Um, sure. But you know, their, their fat bike is a kind of off the shelf. There's no custom geometry or anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. bike. Um, so, yep. and that's, that's a, that's a big difference when someone goes to make their dream bike to have something that is very personally built and built to how they want to use that bike, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, Moots, Moots was, um, cause when I was there, um, we were one of the, one of the first folks building a quote unquote fat bike. Mm -hmm. Um, you, I'm sure you're familiar with Ray Molino. Oh yeah, okay. Um, 
you know, in, I think it was 1997, maybe, uh, at Interbike, me and a, and a coworker from Moots stumbled upon Ray Molino's. He had a, he had a booth full of bikes there mm-hmm. and they were sand bikes. And right. Cause Ray is from I, Arizona or New Mexico. Uh, yeah. He's living uh, outside of Las Cruces now. Gotcha. Um, I think somewhere not too far outside of Las Cruces. Um, but he was showing off these bikes and he was calling them sand bikes. And my, my coworker turned to me and he looked at me and he's like, those aren't sand bikes. Those are snow bikes. And we bought some rims from him and we bought some tires and we came back to Moots and we built a, built a fat bike. Mm, cool. Yeah, and that's and, the uh, the story was Ray's Ray had a cousin or a buddy down in Mexico, and that's where he had yeah. his that had a uh, an auto body place, and they they banged out some rims for him as prototypes, and uh, and the the totally. fat, the fat bike or the the soft terrain bike, whatever you want to call it, we call them fat bikes, um, much yep. much to the chagrin of many of the pioneers. <laughs> That right. want omni terrain or uh, oh gosh uh, yeah yeah or all you know the the all terrain bike is kind of back in the form of gravel bikes. <laughs> I guess yeah. Um, I prefer I prefer fat bike. Yeah, I'd, the you know yeah. I'd, I'd like to keep it that way because you know we got that website thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, the right. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, we were. We were building fat bikes that that we were really using as snow bikes um, in the winter around here. But I think Gordon Gordon put together that first one. I think in the winter of like probably it was the winter of ninety eight ninety nine. Gotcha. That was the that was then, the predecessor of their frost tie or something like that. Was the name of that? Yeah, bike. yeah. I des- I designed the the frost tie so, way back when. In in fat bike geometry, have you have a fat bike? What's are you more a more traditional? Um, I'm going to drive my friend uh, Adam crazy mm-hmm. by saying a sixty nine seventy three bike. Um, you know, like traditional fat bike geometry, a very mm-hmm. kind of a, a fast and light front end, not very slacked mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. How is your fat bike in in the realm of geometry? Is it more slacked out and and longer, or is it more traditional? Yeah, well, because everyone's custom, I get to choose. Right. Um, so, like for instance, I was actually going to open up a drawing here. Um, I'd say most of mine kind of do tend to fall into that sixty eight kind of mm-hmm. front end. Gotcha. Um, I'd say that's pretty. A lot of them do fall into the 68, 68.5 front gotcha. end. That's that baby like steps 70. toward uh, toward uh, slackness. I I, I have mm-hmm. test ridden a 66 degree uh, mm-hmm. fat bike, and man, crazy great in the dirt. Front front groom snow. Uh, I can't keep it going fast enough <laughs> for it to feel great all the time. Um, so I I just wondered I was more specifically asking about like what you're riding your personal fat bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mine is actually probably closer to uh, probably pushing like I bet you with my rigid fork on there it's pushing like seventy head angle. 
Gotcha. Um, and then I put a like a five inch Pluto on there. Right on. As well. And you do you exclusively work in tie, or do you do steel tie and? I do, yeah, a hundred percent. Cool, hundred percent tie. So I don't know how much you keep up with the uh, with the tie fat bike craze, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there are just a ton of them out there. Like, oh yeah, uh, no doubt. It's. Uh, I was surprised to see mm-hmm. both. The number of new tie bikes that came out uh, in the last, say, eighteen months, and the the new steel bikes that are coming out—it's um, kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Um, yeah. So, and you're one of the one of the very few, though, that are out there making full custom because most of the new ones that came out were, you know, mm-hmm. off the off the shelf types, and some of them coming in from overseas. Uh, so uh, those don't even count. Not like good old right. American-made ones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, what kind of tubing are you? Uh, whose tubing are you using? So it's it's a mix. I've got quite a lot of Sandvik material mm-hmm. on hand, mm-hmm. um, but but the American mills never made large diameter tubes. Um. So if you want a large diameter down tube, then I I typically go to Taijo and use an Asian down tube. Gotcha. Um, but like for my seat tubes, seat stays, um, top tube, that stuff, I try to I try to use a lot of American made tubing. It just tends to it does tend to be higher quality. And are you using the the three two five or the six four? Yeah. Six four is almost almost went the way has gone the way of the dinosaur. Gotcha. Um, Three two five is basically everything that you're going to find readily available out there. I have an old mountain bike that has I think the the down tube is or maybe the main triangle is six four and the rest of it is Mm -hmm. three two five. Um, Yeah, definitely. That I bought when I was when I was a really big boy and I wanted stiffness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is still out there, but it's rare. It's pretty rare. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I I still order. You know, I still order fairly regular regularly from Sandvik, which has actually been renamed. Um, it's now uh, under their their parent company, Alima, which I believe is a Swedish company. Mm. Um, but that tubing is still being manufactured in uh, uh, Kennewick, Washington. Gotcha. Well, so, Alima sounds still, nice. It sounds like a high blood pressure drug or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Take Alima yeah. for your type two diabetes. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Now go now go through the list of um, side effects. Oh, the side effects. <laughs> you don't want to hear. <laughs> you want to hear what my imagination would come up with for side effects. Yeah. <laughs> I have arriving uh, late from uh, your ride. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of a dirty bird by nature, so it would it would be all all bad <laughs> stuff to put on the podcast. <laughs> I we uh, you know we do have an explicit rating, so we can we can swear on here and stuff. There you go. So, uh, uh, cur- but yeah, and I, I go, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like current trends. How do you feel about Shram's new uh, Eagle transmission? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's, I think it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I think it's probably, we're going to, the wheels are, the wheels of change are turning. Um, So I think we're going to see more and more. Obviously, I'm sure you've probably seen some of those other uh, designs coming out from Shimano and such showing off a similar um, direct attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the hanger was always the weakest link on the bike. Uh, That thing hanging down there. I thought it was the rider. (laughs) Well, in my case, for sure. (laughs) Uh, We're just talking about the bike, you know, the hardware, not the software. Sure, 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 yep. (laughs) Or in the drivetrain, it was the weakest link, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I, I, of course, and I think that over the past few years, um, you know, some some folks designing dropouts have even tried to try to beef up the hangers to make them not the weak link. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that has worked out pretty well. But now we see the next evolution uh, being something like that, like that SRAM transmission, and I think it's going to be yeah, it's here to stay. Of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, bikes have already been being built for that. Um, yeah. It's, uh, totally. In 10 so years, you won't even know what a derailleur hanger was. It'll be like oh, that front, it'll be like that front derailleur mount. Although people, yeah. people get so mad when I say, ah, your kids won't even know what these are for. And yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. that shouldn't go away. <laughs> it's going to go away, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since I put a front derailleur on a mountain bike. Yeah, I still I still have one of one of one of my legacy fat bikes has a has a direct mount kind of deal for for yeah. the uh, front derailleur, and uh, yeah, those just aren't yep. gonna happen anymore. Because yep. one buys, where would you put your dropper? <laughs> where would you put your dropper trigger if you had a front derailleur? Totally. You know. Totally. And, uh, People get crazy with it. Yeah. Like, why do you need a dropper on a rigid bike? Because mm-hmm. mm, lowering your center of gravity is why indie cars are a quarter of an inch off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the fat bikes are a prime example of where a dropper is super nice. Yeah. In um, deep snow, they're handy. Um, yeah. 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 And because I, I tend to be someone who – I. I always climb, 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 and then do a huge descent. And so I, I almost always want my seat down you know, right. when I'm yeah. done climbing. Yeah, so. and, and I say droppers replace it, it will make you break so much less going into a corner. When I'm going to go into a corner going mm-hmm. downhill, I used to break and then try and accelerate out of the apex whereas now i can just drop not break and just rail that corner at speed right just enjoy it yeah yeah it's good stuff so so really it's an anti-brake bump device (laughs) that's that's i think that's how we have to sell it to the to the people who haven't discovered it yet Um, right and i would say man it if I get a bike that doesn't have a dropper for testing, I'll ride it stock for a while, but 
then the whole time, all of my dropper instincts, my thumbs going, well, here's where I should drop the seat and not break. And so I, I just usually put one on there because now I'm used to yeah. it. Uh, my thumb yeah. otherwise just twitches away. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's fun to see everything evolve for sure. And, and obviously droppers have been a while, but, you know, watching it finally on, you know, totally on board with the world cup racing cross country. That's a, if it's there, then it's, it's finally made it. Yeah. And the fact that, that they're so much more reliable now because they mm-hmm. used to be oh yeah, kind of like a Bic lighter. It'd be, you'd get one and it'd be like, oh, eight months, it's starting to act up and you, yeah. know, you just get a new one. But now I've had droppers that have lasted two winters with no problems. Mm-hmm. And now they have ones that have the ability to uh, bleed the cartridge and it's... Mm-hmm. and. They even Wolf Tooth has one that every time that you drop it all the way, it automatically bleeds the cartridge. So, pretty slick stuff. Yeah, yeah. Those engineers—they're always thinking. Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You obviously make other bikes than the uh, than the fat bike. Why don't you run us through like a little bit of of your product blend? What? Like, what's in your build queue now that you're excited about? Yeah. So, yeah, I do offer, I mean, I, I, I kind of offer everything, um, which is a little bit a result of having worked with Kent. So, um, you know, he was a fan of tandems. Mm-hmm. So I even do, like, I've got a tandem I'm building in May. Just looking at my schedule here. Um, I don't do too many tandems at all, but they're they're wildly challenging so it's kind of you know they're they're fun and they're your worst enemy how about fat tandems i uh i I did a fat tandem when uh when i was working with kent but uh most of the the mountain style tandems that i have done have all been like max like 29 plus gotcha Um, very cool yeah but you I have do, to make I an offer... adventure or, or, or gravel bike because that's the oh, yeah. hot ticket right yeah. now. Most definitely, yeah. That's certainly what is keeping me the most busy. Um, but hardtail mountain bikes, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a couple of 29ers coming up real soon, a 27.5 hardtail. Um, road, I still build some beautiful road bikes, which are in are more popular than I would have even imagined, you know, continuing to be. Right on. Um, are you seeing the, the all road influence where you're able to get 35s or 38s in there? Yeah. Yeah. But for most folks, it, you know, for most folks an all road is really like, why bother? I mean, let's just give you a bike that can handle 45s. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's still going to be it can st- it can still be that all road bike for you if you if you only want to run 35s on it that's great but most of my quote unquote all road gravel bikes fit up to a 45 gotcha um, depending on drivetrain selection but um you know yeah so do any Ron Rondelaring bikes I'm sure I murdered the pronunciation of that. 
Run Dulel? Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't, because I don't build that many bikes. I'm only doing about 75 a year right now. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're cranking um, out 75 bikes and you're the, you're the main fabricator. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's three, three bikes a month or something. Uh, no, 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 that's, no, no, that's six bikes a no. month. Two bikes, uh, basically like one and a half, two bikes a week or something like that. Wow. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Randon A style, not a whole lot of those. Um, we're doing one for a, uh, a, a good buddy of my employees right now. And that's a, like a 700 by 50 millimeter tire, kind of very upright, mm-hmm. tiny little climbing gears, touring bike. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, but definitely get, uh, get interest from folks that are like, uh, uh, ultra endurance racers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of fun doing one for a, a guy in the UK coming up here real soon. Um, we do tend to be pretty international, um, two bikes for folks all over the world so all year long. For events like Great Divide Race and... That sort of thing. Mm, this, yeah, it de- it depends. There's uh, there's a lot of European like, um, kind of all road endurance races mm-hmm. that are going on. Uh, they can be anywhere from like 600 miles to like 2,200 miles long. Uh, so I've got a, some clients that do that kind of stuff. Tour divide bikes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, come come up here and there, but. They're, those are tough bikes as well. They've just got tons of weld-ons, and everybody wants all the, you know, all the special stuff in, in all the special places. Right on. I've, I've kind of yeah. like one last thing, and we're going to s- circle back to fat bikes, is Steamboat. Uh-huh. I've been there. I've ridden yeah. there. I was there in the summer. Never. Yeah. And I've been there skiing way back in the last yeah. century. Uh, and kind of Steamboat is known for that for like really powdery snow. So how fat can your fat bikes go? Can you, can you make a bike that will run a, uh, a God help us V snowshoe 2XL? Yes. Yep. So the, the bike I'm riding right now will clear a 2XL. Um, I'm not a, I, I rode it last year, the two XL. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm going to ride that tire again, I'm going to build another frame that's got a two seventeen rear axle. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's my only beef with it, um, because I can build a bike to clear a two XL with a narrower Q factor, mm-hmm. but then the chain just rubs the tire. Yeah, either you have to offset the, mm-hmm. you have to dish the wheel, or or yeah, limited to just those. You know, you you either lose when you're running that tire, you're not going to be running that eleven tooth very very much. So no, no, you're not. Well, that's cool no. to know. Uh, I'll be the first one to say is like that that tire. I want that tire. I want the flotation of that tire in seventeen hundred grams. It needs to lose some weight for me. It right. just it just feels too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's too. So we need to we there's, need to come up with some 
new technology, new tire technology. There, yeah. To make yeah, there's a lot of bad about that tire, um, but it's pretty cool having that thing on like a 105 rim. Yeah, or a 135. You know? um, oh, sure. I mean, and uh, but. I've I've been recording, so I, I have a new podcast coming out where we talk about the fattest of the fat, and uh, we we brought up the the specter of six inch tires, twenty four by six inch. Oh tires. my goodness! <laughs> uh, always bigger. So you know, always fatter. That'll be the that'll be the episode that that uh, comes out before one before your show. So. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And you know what I, as as I'm sure, you know, the benefit of that gigantic tire is really, it just, it keeps you on the trail. It like, we ride quite a bit of, quite a bit of single track mm -hmm. that falls off on the edges. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I'm riding that like two XL or, the biggest things I've got on, you get that extra split second to kind of correct yourself back on trail. I really love that feeling. Yeah, one of my one of my Alaskan friends uh, had said it's not uh, it's that those tires and that situation is like it if you if it keeps you riding. When things mm -hmm. get slow, yes. Instead of hike a biking, if if a tire or a, or a wheel situation can keep you pedaling instead of hike a biking, so the saying goes like when when things get slow, uh, that I I can't remember the quote, but you follow what I'm saying. It's like it is a low gear crawling, snow crawling instead of rock crawling, you know. Um, and I, I, Oh yeah. People are hungry for it. I, I know we have readers that every time I, uh, I besmirch the two XL, they're like, yeah, that's the best tire ever. I want bigger. I want bigger, <laughs> bigger. Give me yeah. 29 by six. And I think that, that I, I, that never made sense to me, but the 24 by six, kind of mm -hmm. makes sense in my mind because the similar outer dimension but just more right. rubber and less wheel so oh man i've yet to see That'd it be wild it's purely kind of rumor right now <laughs> yeah but yeah it's a lot of a lot of investment for someone I, I i did you know share some messages with a uh with an overseas tire company uh on april mm -hmm. fool's day where i was like they, they, had, they had posted some pictures of, of not black tires, but like red tires and green tires and colored tires. Uh, and I was like, hey, you making any of those 24 by 6s? And they replied and said, oh, yeah, 24 by 6.2 are in production currently. I was like, whoo, wow. all right. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> Investigative journalist. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Ask that silly funny. question, and uh, maybe they're just telling me what I want, what they think I want to hear. But I was like, "Yeah, damn, yeah." When can I get yeah, those? Was my next day question, and they didn't answer. So, yeah, yeah. Who knows yeah, the, what the, the future height, holds? The height of those two XLs, 
does kind of start to bum me out. Um, but yeah, even twenty seven point five by four point five, the really biggest like cake eaters, mm-hmm. uh, they are they are taller, which will keep you going on the trail longer in deeper, but it takes a bit more concentration and skill to keep mm-hmm. it going. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've ridden uh, all of those wheel sizes and, uh, it's, uh, right now for, for the soft stuff, I still say hunt my hundred millimeter wide head, single layer rims with, with Johnny fives, which is the same size mm-hmm. as a Butterloo. So even those those rooms with Butterloo are what works for me. But I don't ride in very dry snow at all. You know, most of my snow mm-hmm. is is Midwest snow, so it's it's a lot wetter. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, well, yeah. I I really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll we'll have uh, we'll have links in the show notes to your website. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, check it out and, uh, order a dang bike. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of, uh, got a couple of fat bikes in the queue, um, for people in this area. So they're actually not going to get built until probably August or even September. Uh, they want them for the, for the snow season. And the best, the best titanium seed post rigid seed post you will ever own is now yeah well and have you did you see the update yeah 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 so yeah uh, so it's now the bingham built sweet post um quite a bit different head design than the old erickson sweet post oh cool really appreciate yeah. your time today brad keep on yeah, keep up the uh, good work and uh maybe we'll cross paths someday again Sounds good. On Instagram All right. Take care. Betcha. Thanks. Till then. Bye. Till then. Come on, we're still close to it. The fire, the public, and the smooth, huge, scanning.